Gather around, friends, new and old, and welcome to the Pow Wow Podcast. I am your host, Philip. And I am your co-host, Nick. Welcome, Nick. Now, I know most people immediately are going to say, wait, Nick, where's David? Where's David? Well, Nick, you may remember from previous episodes, we brought him on as a guest three times, Nick? Three times? I think, it, I think it's twice so twice? far, but this will okay. be the third, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So either way, three is involved. <laughs> three is there. So we know a little bit about Nick. We've, we've had him on before. Uh, of course, uh, the elephant in the room is David. David is off in España right now. I'm sure we've talked about it before as we are, well, you know, admittedly recording a little bit ahead of time to get make sure that this comes out and you don't miss an episode, dear listeners. So thank you for joining us. Nick will be valiantly joining in and we have a fun rest of the episode to talk about when we get there. However, Nick, how are you, man? Last time we talked, I don't think you were married. Were you married last time we talked? I don't think so. I think I was on the cusp. You were I think on, we yeah, were you were just on the about bridge. There. Yes, yes how- but I am married now. Yes, so I got married on May fifteenth uh, of this year, and uh, it was it was just awesome. We got married in the same room that we met for the first time, so it was really. Uh, really, really special. Now, you've told this story on social media, and you don't have to go through all the entire details, but I got to tell you, as a backup plan, because your original plan was to get married in a very specific place. Where were you planning on getting married originally? So our original, our original uh, venue was going to be the uh, Stanley Hotel in Colorado, and uh, that place seemed really cool to us only because – And what what is the significance of that place? Yeah. Yeah, only because it was the hotel that Stephen King stayed in that inspired him to write The Shining. Uh, ah. So it was, the, uh, it was the basis for the Overlook Hotel. It was just a really cool first thought for us to go there because Julia and I, Julia is my wife, Julia and I both really love horror movies and movies in general, but especially horror. Julia turned me on to horror movies. And uh, uh, even though Stephen King wasn't too happy with the movie version of The Shining, uh, Julia and I both love the movie, both love the book. And we, uh, uh, we seemed like – it seemed like that was the, the obvious choice for us. So – that fell through for many reasons that I'm sure if you want to go through that rabbit hole, Nick will, will tell you and, and uh, go through. And, and it's, you know, we're not petty men, Nick. We are not petty people. We don't hold grudges. I, uh, no, 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 no. I I won't go into too much detail because I, uh, I signed a paper that said I wouldn't. <laughs> An NDA. But, uh, yes. Uh, but, uh, but let's just say that uh, – it lived up to the shining name. <laughs> so it became a horror. <laughs> so the fact that where you the room where you guys first met was a second choice was had to be amongst the best like backup plans a- out there. So congratulations. I saw the video speaking of social yet again, saw the video beautiful video of your guys' wedding. It's it's amazing what we can do that it can all be captured on film now and, and how, how it can happen, uh, especially being in the movies. I'm sure you guys really loved and enjoyed the, the honestly, the cinematic feel that your wedding video had. Congratulations to you, good sir. I'm sure your entire world is rocked now. It's completely different now that you're married. I kid on that. <laughs> but the wedding itself was incredibly beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, it was it was incredible and and thank you so much and I I couldn't couldn't be happier. So it's yes, uh, it's all good. It's and thank you by the way for uh 
thinking of me to be your co-host today. I know I'm uh, I'm no David. David is amazing. I've had the pleasure of uh, being a guest when he was co-hosting. So I'm uh, Diet David, as it were. But I, uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You are Diet Dr Pepper. Because that is the best <laughs> diet soda. It tastes pretty close to the same thing. You ask anybody, like, I mean, you have to like Dr. Pepper first in order to do so. But of course. it tastes good. It's like the best diet one. If, if we can't have the real deal, a good Nicholas Davies is a fine, <laughs> fine substitute. And I honestly, you said that you are in love. You're the happiest you've been. Let's talk about something, something else that brings you lots of joy and happiness. Movies. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So we are going to be talking about movies. Now, not just about any movies, even though I'm sure you and me could have a full-blown conversation. Just going down the list. Just find us a list and we'll say proper, not proper, improper, depending on the film. But what we decided to do, how to make it unique in our own on this episode, let's talk about movies uh, Nick, where we decide the genres of movies, we will pick out three specific genres, and within that genre of picking movies that we would most want to be in, live in, exist in, and then which ones we would not wish to live in, be in, exist in, but only as secondary characters. So we're obviously we're not going to be if we're uh, maybe I'm ruining something on your list here, and I apologize if I am. But let's say it's uh, it's let's say it's Back to the Future. You don't get to be Marty McFly. You don't get to be Doc Brown. You just get to be an average Joe Schmo neighbor living down the street, <laughs> either in the uh, the what the '80s or current times, pseudo current times, whenever the film came out. If you're living in Dances with Wolves territory, you're just being a, 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 a person, a, a, a settler or a, a, na a native to the land. That's all you get to be. You do not get to be Kevin Costner. If you get to be an avatar, you don't get to – well, I guess you get to be one of the blue people. But you do not get to be the main guy who gets to exist and get to live both worlds of being both a human and the blue guy. Makes sense to you. It makes sense to me, Nick. Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited for this topic. Absolutely. Me very too. Very excited. Okay, so let's start it with the first genre. Speaking of your your love for The Shining and everything else, let's go with the horror. Where is a horror film that you would love to be a secondary character in? What's a universe that you would love to be a secondary character in? Well, you see, this one is difficult because we chose horror, and then it's I found it to be the only one in these list of genres that I just kind of picked the best of a bad situation. <laughs> um, but uh, exactly. if I were to be a secondary character in, in any horror movie, I, I feel like I would have the best opportunity of survival in Jaws. Ooh, okay. Because in most horror movies, the killer can be anywhere – Behind a door, you know, you close the the refrigerator and he's waiting mm -hmm. there or she's waiting there, you know, mm -hmm. uh, sure, sure, waiting to uh, end you. But if you are a secondary character in Jaws and you're on the beach and you hear, hey, there's a shark in the water, I'm just not going to go in the water. You know, <laughs> I'll soak up some more sun on Amity Island and I'll just uh, – I'll just watch everyone else do their thing while I'm sitting out there saying you shouldn't have gone in. You know, I have a picnic here. You could have just joined me. Look, Jaws was on my cutting room floor. It was close. It was it was a finalist for me as well. Because look, Amity, it already is a tourist attraction site. So you know it's beautiful. And on top of it, at the end of the first one, now once we get to Jaws 2, 3, and 4, then the, the, the kill counts go up. But I believe at the end of Jaws, the first one, there's like 
maximum seven people dead maximum your odds of survival in that world is just all the way up to the roof compared to some other places like for me i I was tempted to say it as i have no plans to have kids and it wouldn't affect me as an adult now but i still feel the feel for the kids so I'll, i'll go a different way but you're right it's finding situations and scenarios that you most easily would live in so i'm gonna go with sean of the dead because I firmly yes. believe, I firmly believe I can survive the early days of a zombie apocalypse. It's the later on stages where I wouldn't be able to scavenge for things, where I would need to farm, create my own power source, etc., that I would struggle with. But those first couple days with me able to survive until, and spoiler alert here, until the government and powers that be can rein in the zombies, and then we can even keep some as friends or pets. Sign me up, because every other horror outside of zombies, I'm competing against supernatural abilities and, and people, and perhaps I'll die unfairly. Like I'll just I'll just answer the door expecting a pizza person, and then I just get stabbed in the in the chest, you know. And then there's no yeah. rhyme or reason. I didn't do anything wrong. I just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, whereas I just have to outsmart a zombie horde who just have numbers on their side. I'm gonna go with Shaun of the Dead. It's a funny environment. It's in England, worst places to 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 live in. And uh, and like I said, no matter where I go in in this genre, Shaun of the Dead, a good selection. You think, Nick? I think that is a, a really good selection. Actually, that funny you say that that was on my cutting room floor as well. But <laughs> I mean, by the look of me, I know you all can't see me out there because this is uh, on audio. But just by the look of me, I am definitely the first person to die in, <laughs> in any zombie-related movie. So that's why I forewent that that decision. <laughs> Mine that I would least like to, and trust me, in horror, this was the easiest category to say I would not because there's practically any movie you can find a reason not to outside of outside of maybe like I said, Shaun of the Dead. Even then, it's really not that hard. I'm going to go with A Nightmare on Elm Street as my not want to because I do very much enjoy my sleep. To know that either I'm not allowed to go to sleep or I perhaps survived the first encounter of sleeping and then finding out, oh, I can't go to sleep. And then on top of that, possibly just dying and hallucinating from at max two days of sleep. Like it's that long draw out of the even the two days that you can stay up not going to sleep whatsoever. Those are torturous in both just existence and dread. It's a horrible existence. I would not want to go and live in that world whatsoever. I would definitely be dead within the first couple of days. Not like that's any feat, really. So Nightmare on Elm Street. Nick, where did you go? It's funny you say that because I was this close to putting Nightmare on Elm Street. We have the same brain when it comes to this. And I'm sure we're <laughs> going to see more of that as we talk about I think from here on this. out, we'll, we'll, we'll have some disparity though. I, th- yeah. I think so. But anyways, continue on. But yeah, like I, I agree with the whole Nightmare on Elm Street thing because not only can you not sleep and you – and if you do, you see this you know crazed killer with knives for hands – but then you find out that you repress the memory of the same exact guy touching you when you were a child. And then it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> you know, like it's just a West. Was it West? Was that West Craven? Yes, West Craven. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So he, his twisted mind, mind was, was twisted, but amazing. But yes, oh, yeah. I, I decided at the last minute to change my decision uh, only because I watched a movie recently I'd never seen that. It freaked me out, and it and it made me lose sleep because of how realistic it was, and how it 
of all the horror movies I've seen, it probably has the most chance of happening in real life. And that's what really screwed me up. I'm going to say Hostel. Ooh. Yeah. Hostel screwed me up <laughs> the first time I watched it. I would hate to, especially with me going on this honeymoon coming up soon, I would hate to go off and then like get kidnapped by someone and then held underground at a place where no one can find you. No one can hear you off the beaten path. No one uh, even where, knows you're there. There's nothing. Yeah. Where just rich people could just come in and just torture you and do whatever they want to you for a nominal price. Oh God, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You know what was Go. a close second for me? Uh, and I, You may agree with this is alien. Pick any movie. Not only do you get attacked, but you get mouth penetrated. You then get to wake up and consciously have an inner C-section performed from the inside out as your inner organs explode. And you then have the pleasure to die. <laughs> and like all the secondary characters die. If you ain't main, main character in those films, welcome to assured death. Congrats. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it's it was a close second. I could have gone either way had you had you done Nightmare on Elm Street. So, anyways, that's a close one. All right, let's move along to the next category here. Let's go to sci-fi, and I'll start us out here on one that I would want to live in, and it's a little bit of a cheat, but I think that you'll you'll say that it's totally fine. My sci-fi world that I would love to live in: Detective Pikachu. Now, okay. uh, given. What our upcoming last category will be, it, it's a little bit of a cheat, but it certainly counts. And come on, a world where we walk hand in hand with Pokemon, let's go. That, that's so much more usable than the world that we have now. Uh, we we Think of the advancements we'd be able to have if, if idealistically it works out and everybody's able to use the supernatural abilities of these Pokemon to, to help advance civilization forward. It just it's the wonders don't cease, and I think that it's a it's it's such a cool place to be in where you especially can form bonds. I think everybody would love it. So Detective Pikachu, I would love to be a secondary character in that. That's a great answer. I didn't even I I you were right earlier when you said that our our answers may have changed a little bit here because yes. I should have thought of that movie and it was nowhere near the the top of my brain. So that I'm I'm very happy with that answer. That's nice. Good. That's awesome. For mine, for my movie that I would love to be a bystander or secondary character in sci-fi wise, and you did mention it earlier, my favorite oh. movie of all time, yeah. Back to the Future. Now, this is um, interesting. Are you choosing – like what's a secondary character in there? Are you going to like the old Western times? Are you going to just the 80s? Are you going into the the, the quote-unquote future, which would now be now? Like what, which where is your secondary character placed? Well, I'm going to say the first Back to the Future, which only takes place in 1985 or 1955. And whether I'm a, a secondary character in 55 or 85, I would be completely fine because I have always wished that I was around to see the 80s. Okay. At the age that I am now, or maybe a little younger, you know, like the music, the movies, the atmosphere, just everything seems so cool and i know that i'm not marty and i don't get to jump in the delorean and, and and do that but at least it's a world where time travel exists and yeah. might become readily available in the future of that reality so i could have my own one day and then go back and see everything that i wanted to see so you know i'm living in the 80s and i just feel like it would be awesome 
unless the Libyans start chasing after me, in which case oh, then yeah. Those Libyans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that is my answer. And then when I'm thinking of which one I would hate to be in, this is kind of mixing sci-fi with horror, so it's kind of a cheat, but uh, whatever. Um, I'm gonna say life. Ah, Have you seen life? Is that the Adrian Brody one? Uh, no, that's was he in that? I, I know it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I think I have not seen this one. So go ahead and like uh, explain what is the reasoning for not wanting to. So basically, it's it's kind of along the same lines as Alien. Okay, but it's 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 based around a group of scientists that are uh, on board the International Space Station, and they discover a new form of life as they're on there, and it's rapidly evolving, and they find out that it, it caused extinction on mars after wow. they've already like brought it on board and are like examining it they figured it out that like oh jesus that's not good right but then it <laughs> escapes and it's just going you never know where it is on the international space station and one by one people just get picked off by this thing oh. but yeah it's uh jake gyllenhaal ryan reynolds rebecca ferguson so good good cast in there but uh but it's a it's a great movie to watch but probably not to live it. Because even if you're a secondary character, it all takes place on this space station. So you're there and you just have to hope that- And there's no escape. No, there is not. Yeah. For my least want to live in a world in a secondary area for sci-fi, I'm going to go Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Now, if you have not seen this, the premise is Groundhog's Day meets War of the Worlds, right? Where, Where- uh, there is a reoccurring day, but unfortunately for, for anybody who lives in this world, the day in question is like judgment day. It's like it's like the day that civilization ceases to exist and for all intents and purposes sh- until Tom Cruise saves the day, right? So if it weren't for a glitch where only Tom Cruise, our Lord and Savior that he is, if Tom Cruise can help with we are literally on the last day of Earth slash humanity's existence. We don't get any good future world, just pure decimation. Like that's the world that we are forced to live in, just like uh, on the brink of destruction. That is where we are forced to live in. And uh, no world, just battlefield. That's that's exclusively. So if you're in this, in this movie, in this galaxy, you are just placed on the battlefield, doomed to die. And there's no time to enjoy being in the quasi future. There's no no world building. You're just stuck in this world, and the deaths are absolutely brutal. Just just complete annihilation. So that is where I would go. Edge of Tomorrow, where it just takes entire place. Good movie, good film, actually. Surprisingly, good film, but a horrific place to exist in entirely. That's where I would go. I, I agree with that. And I have seen the movie uh, when it came out. So I'm fuzzy on some of the details, but I do remember the general preface of it. And yes, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Let's go to our last subject or, or genre here. And it's a fun one. Animated. Yeah. Let's go to animated. Uh, I'll, you start us out, Nick. Where Where would you want to live in as a secondary character in the animated world? This one was a tough one for me because i love i I love animated movies i love them and i had like six or seven movies that i was like choosing between oh wow and i'm still kind of so i'm just gonna pick one of this crazy (laughs) list that i have and i'm gonna say 
I'm gonna say Wally. Wally. That's I'm interesting. Say... A secondary character, though. You're you're just a, a lump of lard in a in a chair, Nick. Well, I know, but the thing is, everyone seems to be happy. You know, they're not <laughs> they're 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 unaware of everything happening around them. You know, they're just on a giant cruise ship in space getting fed meals and they get to watch TV and talk to their friends and it's just it seems if you're not conscious of the fact that you're, you know, a tub of lard and nothing else, <laughs> it seems pretty magical. Now, here's where you made a horrible mistake, Nick, and you're stuck. You're cemented to where you pick. Your tubby little lardy fingers are going to be far too, just far too much to strum a, a guitar, certainly. And it may, whenever you start to play on a keyboard, if you play on a keyboard, that might be too much exercise for you. But if and when you play on a keyboard, you're going to be playing like two keys at a time, man. Hey, you know what? Be- Beethoven was was half deaf and he, he was making some incredible music. So, you know, adapt and <laughs> yeah. overcome. Beethoven's handicap was half deaf. Your handicap will be you were you were just a fat ass. <laughs> there you go. You know, apples and oranges. Yes, there you go. Everybody has something that they have to overcome. Anyways, right? all right. So that is the world that you would want to live in. An interesting choice for certain. Uh, mine, I also am going to the same arena as in Pixar. Uh, no, not Ratatouille. Uh, but I am going to Monsters, Inc., because okay. listen, no matter what part of the movie I'm in, it's awesome. So if it's at the beginning of the movie, I get to be a monster where all monsters are friggin' unique, right? And have semi-superhuman abilities, right? You uh, Maybe an extra couple of arms at the least, maybe some extra eyes, or they can fly, turn invisible. Awesome. Or even if it's near the end of the film, I can still be a monster, and now I get to practice stand-up comedy as my nine to five let's go let's friggin' go i am all for this world especially as a secondary character come on come on man there is there is no other answer for me in this arena uh except for monsters inc so that's my number one that's my number one that i that was on my list as well that was one of the movies i had on there but like i had like road to el dorado living in a city of gold would be awesome yeah 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 Um, uh it's a bit old timey. I wouldn't be able to. There's no. There's no toilet paper in Road to El Dorado. You know. That's fair enough. And if it is, it's gold, which might be a little scratchy. What? But so a little, a little, a little. Have a little heft to it. Uh, okay. So my least one. It may shock you. May shock some people because I love the film, but it's Shrek. I would not want to be in this a secondary character in the world of Shrek. And here's why. Either I'm a horrible bigot who hates fairy tale creatures. A tortured Dulakian, I don't know if that's the proper terminology, uh, but I'm going to go with it, Dulakian, or I'm a fairy tale creature, and there's far too many undesirable fairy tale creatures for me to commit to that for it to be a safe bet. Listen, I could be a dwarf named Dopey, Sneezy, Sleepy, Grouchy, or I guess the best one, Doc, who to my knowledge isn't even a doctor. Then there's like the blind mice, a little pig, uh, I guess Donkey, no thank you. It says there's no. No way in this world that I would like to not be, because all the best characters are main characters. Secondary characters are pretty lame to at least have an existence and live through. So I'm going to go with Shrek as being my least desirable animated world that I would want to live in. You. I will I will admit that like when you said Shrek, I was taken aback and I felt very offended. But then you said your your piece and I was like, you know what? 
I, I, that's, it's a fair argument, right? That that's fair. I that is that is a story that is best viewed omnisciently, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, okay, I kind of it's animated, so it works. But it's it may again may not be the one that you automatically think of. But okay. when you again when you think of unless you're a human in this, and I don't know okay. if we're get unless I don't know if we get to choose. I don't what think kind you get to choose. Character. No, so it's a fifty fifty thing here i could either be a human and then i'm fine but if i'm one of these other secondary characters i am screwed and so i'm gonna go with sausage party (laughs) Uh, um, i would you know if i'm a human then i'm just eating vegetables you know that's you know whatever i'd rather be eating cheese or you know a good steak but you know if you know if if all that i have to do is be a human and eat vegetables that's fine but if i'm one of the vegetables in the movie, if I'm like a potato who gets skinned oh. alive, yeah, I'm not going to be a part of that if I can help it. <laughs> it's a short life. It doesn't have a lot of high expectancies. It's a lot of cold temperatures. It is. Listen, it's not. It's not an existence that is that is a, a fine existence. And yeah, human. The best you get is a human, which is a life that you're already living right now. So what what good does that do you at all? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sticking with with those, but I. I I loved that whole thing. <laughs> that yeah. was fun to come up with. That was fun. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for for doing this. Let's uh let's see if anybody has any better suggestions on there. I doubt it. I mean, we went through a pretty good list. I'd put my list of animated again on Shrek. There's a lot of worse places that I I could possibly think of, but at least for a secondary character, don't think there is one. So, we'll let that be. Let's go on to the rest of the episode and see if we can top this. Sounds good. This episode of Pow Wow Podcast is sponsored by Sides. Meet Sides, S-I-D-E-S, an app that helps you take the law into your own hands. Turn ordinary agreements into binding contracts in seconds. Then if a dispute arises, Sides will step in to resolve it for you. Wait, Phil, that one, that was supposed to be my line. What did we agree to in the contract? I don't know. I, I guess we can use Sides to settle this dispute. Because each dispute costs a small one-time fee. And if you win, which I will, it's all awarded back to you. Sign up now and get 16% off for a limited time only. Welcome to Mad Libs, the part of the show where I will come up with a story, but Nick's going to help me fill it out. So Nick, I need a couple things from you. And you let okay. me know what uh, to fill it in with. So let's create a story together here. First one, an item that might be on one's person at any given time. So for instance, I don't know, a wallet, a shoelace, a watch, gotcha. piece of gum. Okay. Let's say, because I just got married, I'm going to say a ring. Give me a household item. Could be anything, uh, a blender, uh, a vacuum, a broom, a pan. Okay. Let's say a garbage can. Give me a combo of an adjective and a noun. So a hairy pickle, a scratchy chip. Okay, how about a uh, forlorn credit card? Give me an animal. Emu. Give me the name of a song, a real song. I've just blanked on every single song that ever exists. Uh, (laughs) Let's say... Rocket Man. And last and finally, give me a roxalent name. Something that rocks, but it's a name. A name that rocks. 
I'm guessing Nick is out of the question. So let me think of a. If you want, <laughs> if you want, you want to go with Nick? Let no. You know what? Let's let's go with uh, Sebastian. Fantastic. We have everything filled in. Let's get to the story. <clears throat> have you ever heard of Sebastian the Emu? No. Well, by all means, let me tell you. Sebastian was a middling emu. Nothing spectacular about him at all, except for the fact that he had a hidden talent. He found out at a young age that he could sing and, oddly enough, play the garbage can. It's hard to believe that someone could play the garbage can, but it's true. But he had to prove to the world he deserved to be considered one of the best rock and rollers the world had ever seen. So we got a band together, and after a quick discussion, they naturally settled on the band name Forlorn Credit Cards. They went to the battle of the bands and made it all the way to the last round where they faced their competition in a head-to-head matchup. The opposing band, the Girthy Geckos, played a rousing rendition of Traveler's Song. But then Sebastian and the Forlorn Credit Cards came on stage and played Rocket Man, and everyone knew who the real winner was. All the women immediately began throwing their rings at him, and upon being crowned the best garbage can player of all time, Sebastian jumped into the crowd to crowd surf, but no one caught him. He died that night, but his legend lives on in rock and roll lore. <laughs> Jesus. Just a bunch of women throwing their wedding rings at him. Take it. I don't need Take him anymore. It. <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Once more, where we go a little bit more off the beaten path, off the beaten topic, but something that connects to it a little bit more that we just want to give a little one more to. So the one that we decided to discuss today is an underrated movie and what genre it is underrated in exactly. I'll, I'll start us off here, Nick, and, and let's see, because I, I think that you're going to love this one. I think okay. that you are absolutely going to agree with this one. When talking about the genre of classic Disney films, there's no movie that is more underrated than The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, it's my f- it is an ex- <sighs> it's an exquisite film that does not get near the enough recognition that it deserves. The music is exceptional. Exceptional. That is a soundtrack that I could put head-to-head against any of Disney's finest. It stands the test of time. It is great. There's really not any bad moments that where you look back on it now and you're like, eh, that didn't age very well. Mm, Sleeping Beauty being kissed awake by a man eh, doesn't, really, doesn't really look that well. There's nothing really there at Hunchback, really. I mean... Maybe Mel Gibson being in it, but that's about it. So I love that film. It's exquisite. The music, again, just just is a star in that film. I love that film. Do you agree with my uh, with my selection? Hunchback of Notre Dame is such an incredible movie. And yes, Ugh. very much underrated. And Alan Menken is just mm. amazing in everything he does. And uh, I watched that movie after not seeing it for years and I just wanted to – I knew I wanted to watch a, a Disney movie I hadn't seen in a while. So I just decided one night, you know what? Let's just put on Hunchback and just see how it is. Uh, but because it was underrated, I wasn't expecting Aladdin or you know Beauty and the Beast or anything like that. But then I watched it and it immediately became my my favorite animated Disney movie of all it time. It blows you away. It's oh, so good. And like you said, you know, no, nothing didn't age well except for maybe the, uh, the priest wanting to uh, – 
sexually molest Esmeralda and then burn her when she denied his advances. But other than that, but other than know? that, <laughs> and to be fair, it's true to the, true to the times. It's uh, you know, it's exactly. it, probably how it happened anyway. So, uh, what is your underrated genre, or excuse me, movie within a genre of your choosing? I'm gonna say that this both exists within sci-fi and thriller okay. uh, genres, uh, which uh, you don't see often, but when you do, it needs to be real good. And this movie is real good. Uh, but again, didn't get the recognition I think it deserves. It's a movie called Frequency. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen it or not, but Frequency, and I've seen it like at least 15, 20 times at this point. Like I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And basically it stars Dennis Quaid and Jim Caviezel. And the whole basis around it, for those who haven't seen it without giving away too much, is that Dennis Quaid is uh, the father of a, of a six-year-old kid and he's a uh, firefighter in New York. So he has a perfect family and all that. Um, but in one of the first scenes, Dennis Quaid's character dies in a fire. And then it skips forward 30 years and shows his kid all growing up. His kid has become a police officer and just really misses his dad because, like I said, they had a great relationship. Going through all his dad's old stuff, he finds his dad's old radio, ham radio, that he used to talk to other firefighters and stuff like that. So he got it all working just to see if it still worked after all these years, after 30 years' time. And uh, he got through to someone. So he starts talking, starts talking to this random you know, voice at the other end of this radio. And who else should that voice belong to but his father? He's talking to his dad 30 years in the past, and his son finds himself in the very rare opportunity and unusual opportunity of trying to talk his dad into not going into the fire that eventually killed him at the beginning of the movie. Wow. It's incredible. And there's twists and turns. And, and I, I'm not going to say any more because it would ruin everything. But but just watch it. Trust me on this one. It is amazing. Frequency. I think it came out in early 2000s, maybe 2004. So, so good. Yeah, that sounds like Dennis Quaid. Yeah. That's his heyday. All right. Absolutely. Well, love it. Love it. I will definitely add that to the list. I might have seen it at one point. It, I, I'm familiar with the movie case, if nothing else. I, I, I've seen it once or twice before. But frequency, underrated in sci-fi thrillers. It is time for the game, and we are joined by, I well... I don't even know how to properly introduce you, Professor, because uh, I would I would say that it is a, a favorite professor of mine back when I went to college. I had a, a fond memory of a cinema class that I took with uh, the one and only Professor Fortunato. Now, I am curious, and I will, I will uh, adhere to this. Do you wish to resume me calling you Professor Fortunato, or are you fine with me calling you by your first name, just Mr. Fortunato? What is your preference? Uh, Professor Fortunato is fine. You can call me Joe if you like. Okay. Mr. Fortunato doesn't feel right. So. Okay, okay, yes. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. All right, Professor, I might just stick to that. I very much appreciate you coming on. You are a valid choice as a guest for this particular episode, as we have discussed multitudes of movies all over and around the thing. Uh, I hope that we will get a promo out for this particular episode because I, I must say both me and Nick remarked about it before you joined us here. 
But my goodness, your man cave, your cinematic movie man cave that resides behind you is absolutely impressive. As as this is an audio format, let me let me set the scene here. Behind you, you have a, a glorious capture portrait of Jaws behind you. You have a Batman movie poster, but it's it's vintage. And then uh, you've got you've got uh, just a, a a wall of movie cinema along with a, a Cleveland Browns uh, hat and everything else. And not to mention, uh, of course, the the silent star himself back there. Um, I'm blanking on his name. What's his name? Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin, the double C's. <laughs> he, everybody is back there. It is a glorious scene. You are a very well-versed man in all that is cinematic. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's too bad we can't take a tour of my house because I have uh, a whole room of Jaws memorabilia and a whole other room of pop culture stuff, Star Wars Kiss, Batman, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, but th- this is just my office. This is my working office. So, God, I am incredibly jealous. It, it's it's incredible. And uh, one one fun thing that I will never forget. Maybe we'll have time that you have told us about your time working. Let us get to know you a little bit better, Professor. And we'll start with you, Nick, since uh, Professor the Professor is my guest. We'll start with you, Nick. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, Professor, I have uh, two questions for you, and I'm going to give you my first one right now. My first question for you is, if you had the choice to either travel 50 years into the future or 50 years into the past and spend one day there, which one would you choose and what would you do? Well, I hate questions like this, but because uh, <laughs> they're, so, they're so hard, but I guess I have some parameters to either ask you or just run with, uh, okay. you know, time travel, as we've learned in movies and t- TV shows can be very janky. So I-, I guess the question I have is, am I myself at this age with my knowledge? If I go backwards or forwards, or do I age 50 years or am I five years old when I go back? That's a very good question. I love that. Let's say when you go back, you are the age you are right now with all the knowledge that you have. But if you do choose to go into the past, anything you do has consequences that affect the future as it is right now. So I can't pull a Biff Tan and and, uh, (laughs) and make a lot of money on on sports betting or something like that? I mean, you can if you want. (laughs) Because <laughs> I might <laughs> um, always seem always seem like a solid plan to me, but uh, it's a it's, it's a tough question. I, I guess with that parameter, I'd probably go to the future to see what things were like. Because I mean, knock on wood, but uh, I don't think I'm going to make it another fifty years on the natural span. So um, to to be able to see where the world is at that point in time, even just for a day, because. Uh, it could really suck, and I might not want to live in it. But um, uh, but you know, to see where technology has gone would be really interesting. On the flip side of that, if I were going to, you know, obviously there there's you know again you know pulling a Biff Tan, and that's always a nice move to go backwards in time. And in one day at five years old, because that's how old I would be if I went back fifty years. Um, I'm not sure I would be able to significantly alter my future. I mean, it would be like, hey, five-year-old, let me tell you some life lessons that you're not going to grasp at all at this point. Um, you know, so I, I, that said, however, I've often, this is probably a longer way to, to answer your question than you anticipated, but uh, I've always said my favorite year or the best year 
to live is four years old. And everyone's kind of surprised by that, because, but I, my, my, at least for me anyway, I mean, obviously people have different lives and whatnot, but you know, I had a, a, a relatively nice suburban upbringing. My parents eventually divorced, but they were married at the time. So, I mean, my point being is at four years old, I was well-fed, had a roof over my head and happy. Um, and at four years old, you're, you're old enough to kind of know what's going on around you, but you're still young enough to believe in space travel and Santa Claus and, you know, all the kind of cool things in life that you kind of grow out of. So to have that, that childlike wonder at four years old is pretty special. Uh, and it, you know that kind of continues into five as well. So I guess I'm I'm cheating a little bit by answering the question both ways, sort of depending on how we define the rules of time travel. Hey, you know what? There are no, there may be rules of time travel, but there are no rules of this podcast. So that was a great answer. I think that was perfect. All encompassing. I loved it actually. Uh, all yeah, right, my just turn. To, to, to tie, well, let me let me follow up one real quick. Please. Thing. One a show that I'm watching currently that is. One of my favorite shows, you know, out right now is on Apple TV Plus called uh, For All Mankind. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. It doesn't get as much buzz as I would like to see it getting. I think it might have gotten nominated for one Emmy in a you know specialty category or something. But you know, it's not up there with the Better Call Sauls and you know, right. all the other kind of stuff. Anyway, long story short, for those who aren't familiar, it's an alternate history of the space race if Russia had gotten to the moon first. Ooh, so it starts, oh, wow. there's three seasons and it starts in the 60s and everything's kind of pretty much the same, except right. the Russians get to the moon one month before we did. And then the next season jumps into the 80s uh, and the, the timeline starts dividing a little bit and things that, ha- you know, there's some things that happened in the 80s, but then that, that ripple effect, that butterfly effect, you know, like John Lennon lived, for example, you know, he was Whoa. shot, but he lived and, and you know, things like that. And and then, uh, you know, different people were presidents and, and Reagan was president four years earlier. And then the next year jumps into the 90s and that's the season we're currently in. So my point is there's there would be some it, it fascinates me. It's not time travel, but it fascinates me about these alternate timelines and, and how they might work out. So, you know, there's something about uh, seeing what would have happened if I go back and meet my five year old self, you know, how, how things would have rippled. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. That's the, right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the shifting doors of how, of how one decision affects everything else. It, it's a fascinating concept, one that I explore as well. My question here, uh, it won't have nearly as many rules, but besides teaching me and enjoying a rousing presentation me and my friends did for a report on the film Fight Club, Professor, what would you consider the most rewarding moment, time, or event of your teaching career? Uh, you know, I don't know that I can pinpoint it down to one. I did enjoy, I, I know the classes you're talking about, and I did enjoy uh, the weekly presentations that students would give. That was always a lot of fun. I teach all online now, so I don't really have that luxury anymore. Right. Uh, so I do miss that interaction. It, it, it's it's not maybe one moment, but it's it's something that occurs every once in a while. And, and it's really special to me. Whenever I hear someone tell me, that they changed their major because of me. I've, I've had a you know a handful of students in the past that you know I loved your class. I changed your major because of you and your class, and and that's a lot of pressure on me. But uh, <laughs> you know it's it's still pretty special to know that uh, you know who knows maybe they're going to go on and win an Oscar someday, and and you had a hand in that. And and I love movies and I love television and entertainment and stuff. So 
to be able to, to pass that on and pass my enthusiasm on to someone else always makes me feel pretty good. So I, I, that's, that's my answer to that. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. And, um, you know what? I, I gave you a, my second question kind of before we started recording, but I'm I'm going to spring one on you and actually change it at the last minute here. Fair enough, because I've already forgotten your other question. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, I don't know why I thought of this right now, but let's let's see how you answer this one. I'm, I'm intrigued. Imagine this. The world is flooding and you, you, Professor, have been tasked to go the route of Noah and build an ark where you, where you will house two of every animal that currently exists on the earth. The only problem is the ark was built a little bit too small and one species of animal you have to sacrifice. Which animal are you not bringing on that ark with you? Okay, first of all, Kevin Costner already went through this in Waterworld. Um <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, second of all, we can debate the logistics of Noah's Ark, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but okay, leaving those things behind. Uh, what yes, animal? Look down at your webbed feet. Yeah, you know, what animal <laughs> am I going to leave off? Gosh, I, you know, I don't, you know, you're, again, you're springing that on me. Um, I have no bone to pick with any animal or species on the planet. I'm not a fan of spiders. So maybe I'd say spiders, <laughs> um, but uh, that's just because of my own irrational fear. But uh, God, that's a you know I, I can't think of an animal. Um, I, I can think of animals I'd like to bring back, like dinosaurs and stuff. But to yeah. one, one to leave behind, yeah, I guess it would be some kind of insect or something. It's a cruel question. It kind is a very is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like that spiders. I'll take that answer. The, the ark was built too small, so you can't fit two more spiders on it. I love it. Yeah, which is uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, again, the physics of that don't play very well because we, can't we just do not more spiders have on this. any room. That's it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Turn around. It's like Scotty on the Enterprise saying, we can't do it anymore, Captain. That's all we got. <laughs> Maybe they're the spiders from arachnophobia. They're humongous spiders. Maybe that, there we yeah. go. And what that's you can do without giant spiders. Okay. Yes, there we go. All right. Well, let's get along to the game aspect of this. Uh, we It is a game we like to call word association movie style. So how this game will play is that both me and Nick will either, whoever is hosting, will give a word, and the two playing and competing against each other will then have a race against time in 20 seconds. You, the listener, of course, will get that sped up for you. Congratulations. We will live through that and work through that and list as many of movie titles that include and incorporate that word as possible. Each round will give a point to the winner. First to two points wins. So, for instance, let's say that the word is pizza. If the word is pizza, if I come up with mystic pizza, and of course, Professor being the cinematic cinephile that he is, comes up with mystic pizza and, uh, oh, what is another pizza? Um, I don't know. But pepperoni pizza, the musical on film. <laughs> if, that, if, that, if he comes up with both, then he gets a point for that round. Easy enough, simple enough. Professor, who would you like to face off against first, me this or This is going to be really hard, and I, there's a lot of pressure on me now. I've got the film professor mantle, you know, but <laughs> I, my mind is, is getting old and feeble in my old age, so I don't know how quick I can be with things. But, um, Philip, since you invited me to this, we'll start with you. We'll start with me. Okay, so, Nick, we will go to your iteration first. Please give us your first word and set up a timer as well, if you would. Of course, of course. All right. But do I'm we do this gonna... simultaneously? 
Simultaneously. Talk over each other? Okay. No, no, we're not talking. We are writing it down with our. Uh, oh, pen and okay. Paper. Yeah. So you'll both have twenty seconds to write down as many movies that incorporate this word as possible. Your time will start as soon as I say the word. Your first word is war. W A R. And the timer has started. And time. That is twenty seconds, gentlemen. All right, my pen is down. <laughs> I will go first since I'm sure, looking at my list, I have less. So I have War Dogs. I okay. have Lord of War, starring the immortal Nicolas Cage. And then War of the Worlds, of course. How could I forget Tom Cruise coming off of a Top Gun performance? So those are my three. Professor, how many were you able to list? I had four. So um, oh. Okay. Now, assuming I get credit for Star Wars, ah, um, oh, yes, you do the, because it's yes. the plural. Um, now, if I really wanted to cheat, I could have gone through nine episodes. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, Star Wars, War of the Worlds, I had as well. Although, honestly, I was thinking of the the original George Pal one from the fifties. <laughs> then I have, and you can check me on this if you don't believe me, War of the Gargantuas. Which is a, a a sort of a, a, a crazy movie from the I don't know if it's late sixties or early seventies that uh, I remember. I think it was Brad Pitt of all people who said it was the movie that turned him on to movies uh, one year. Oh, wow. But it's, it's it's a monster movie essentially. And then War of the Roses. Ah oh, um, yes, Michael Douglas, right? Out. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Well, Professor, that means that you have won this first round with my words. Tight race. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to think of some as well while you guys were going down, and I thought of Avengers Infinity War. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> of course. And uh, there was another one as well, but I completely forgot. But we'll move on. I'm an to... imbecile for, for neglecting Star Wars. I, I take that personally. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to give you your second word now. Now, Professor, if you win this round, that means that you have won – this entire round with these movies. But if you lose, then we'll need to do a tiebreaker between you and Philip. With that being said, your second word is men. M-E-N. Men. And time. How did we I, do, gentlemen? I will let the professor go first. Uh, I brain froze on that one. I got to be honest. I, I'm yeah. going to be embarrassed by this one. Um I only had two, and one probably doesn't count because it's a TV show. <laughs> um, I had Men of Honor and Mad Men, and, okay. and then I froze. So, well, we're we're feeling generous today. At least I am. So, what do you think, Philip? Should should we now? Of course, I'm favored here, but I would say no. It does not count <laughs> as because. And here's and here's another reason why. I only came I, – I froze with my brain even more so than you, Professor. I have one. So I'm hoping for that tie, but I only have one, Matchstick Men. That's the only one I could think of. I was even hoping for Man, King's Man or something, but I was like, no, I can't I can't control that. Yeah, I mean, I was half. thinking I, I, as we were doing uh, that, I'm like, there's a million out there that I nothing is coming to me. <laughs> for Men. You know, oh, I, my God. I, I say we don't include it because it's, it's, not, it's not a movie. Okay. All right. All right. Then you know what? That is a tie, which means that we're going to be going to the third word. But yes. in preparation 
for this uh, for men. I actually looked up, and there's a few in there that oh, are please, such yeah. great movies, like, like a few X. good men. Yes, X Men. Oh, duh. There is uh, Men Who Stare at Goats. There are there are quite a few out there with that word, but that's okay. That was a tough one for me without looking in preparation for me to think of any as well. But right now, we are going to move on to the last word. Okay. And your last word is love, L-O-V-E, love. And time. Huh. It's a tough right, game, I, huh? <laughs> since since the professor is leading, I will give him the floor first once more. Yeah, again, um, I, I think I'm going to be embarrassed by this. I had two. Love Actually is the first one that I came up with. And Love okay. and War. Wow. Okay, perfect. Two points for professor. Okay, Philip. Now, if you can beat two, then you have won this round. But that would mean that we were at 1-1. One, one. That is true. So we both thought of the same movie, I'm sure, at the first millisecond and then froze for a while. But Love Actually was the first one. It just it, it continued the sentence for me. The second one that I thought of was Eat, Pray, Love. Good one. And I would say number three is non-existent because I didn't come up with one. So we tie for the third game, meaning Tied. that with his solidified point in the first round, the professor takes home the W. Congratulations. Professor. Thank you. Yeah. Good match. <laughs> Good Very match. Difficult. I know. Yeah. People, the people would be booing us on the tennis courts, but, but for <laughs> you on, the winner still wins, even though we both froze just oh, incomparably. What were some love titles that we uh, we missed here, Nick? Uh, there was Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love and Other Drugs. Okay. And there was another one with love in it that I'm forgetting right now. But there's a few. There's actually, when I was looking it up, there were fewer movies with that word in it than I had imagined. I thought there would be a lot more big movies, at least, with that word in it. But uh, I was sure thinking some television shows. I was thinking Love American Style, yeah. uh, Love Sydney, which is obscure. I think there's a movie now or a series called Love Victor, or uh, but uh, oh yes, oh Love yes. Simon as well. Love, Love Simon, Simon. Yeah. yeah, yes, very nice. But anyway, so I, right. I thought of television stuff, but uh, couldn't come up with movies. That is okay. So you still came out with the win. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Philip. <laughs> no, absolutely. He does indeed. He comes away with one win. Let's see if he can make it two to close out the episode. You now go against Nick in the second All iteration. Right. My version of this game plays the exact same way. Your time will start upon the completion of my word given to you, gentlemen. Here we go. First word is jump. Five, four, three, two, one. Pencils down. Nick, you lead us off with your, your list first, please. Uh, I just, I only had two. I only had two on my list. Okay. What were they? And uh, because the professor was so kind as to not include the Star Wars sequels. I didn't include the sequel of the first one that I thought of, which was 21 Jump Street. Yes, that is a gimme. Yes. And my second one that I jotted down was White Men Can't Jump. Both prominent jump films. So he has two. Professor, did he over, uh, did he match you? Did he go under you or well, did he again, do just enough to depending on how generous we are because okay. I had two as well. One of mine was 21 Jump Street. 
Okay. And I, I also declined to go 22 Jump Street. <laughs> but I also had Jumpin' Jack Flash, uh, the, the Whoopi Goldberg film. Um, yeah, so no. I don't know if, we're, if we include Jumpin'. No, I'm I'm feeling like that's completely usable, Nick. I mean, do you have any any concern about that? That that feels completely within the lines. Well, you know, I'm not going to be as as not generous as you were, Philip, and I'm going to uh, say, yes. yeah, that's completely fine. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Movies that you guys may have missed with Jump. Of course, you already mentioned 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, but there was, of course, Zola jumped in. In case anybody remembered that one, and. That seems to be about the only one. There weren't too many jumps in there. If we okay. were, if maybe Jumper is the one that I just Jumper thought would of have been, as well. Jumper would have been so. the other one. Okay. So we start out the game with a tie, guys. So there we All go. Right. Let's start out with the next word. The word is fish. Time. Ugh. So let us start out with you, Professor. With the word fish, Which movie, how many movies did you muster? I had three. Um, okay. And the irony is that, I, of course, I kept thinking of Jaws um, <laughs> <laughs> because Carl Gottlieb, who's the writer of Jaws, frequently refers it, refers to it as the fish movie. So uh, it was rattling around in my head. But uh, since that doesn't count, technically, I had a fish called Wanda. Okay. The fish who saved Pittsburgh, which is a yes. basketball movie from the 70s, and Big Fish. Mm-hmm. That's the okay. three I had. Those are three. Nick, were you able to match or exceed three? I had two. Oh, what were the I two, though? I only had two. Uh, they were two that Professor also said I had Big Fish and A Fish Called Wanda on my list. Okay. So my ancient two of the- age helped in my, my matter. <laughs> <laughs> it did. A couple that you guys might have been able to get. Antoine Fisher, The Mad Fisher King, and uh, A Fish Tale. Or Fishes oh, came out in 2001. That's right. So there we go. A couple of the ones that you missed. But Professor, yet again, walks away with a point and a commanding lead. Now, Nick, you will need this point in order to force a tiebreaker yourself. So we, okay. let's get to the next one. Hopefully, it is as forgiving to you as it wasn't to me. Last one. <laughs> room. R-O-O-M. Room. Three, two, one. Time's up. Pencil's up. All right, Professor, you are in the lead, so we will go to you first on this last round, potentially. Okay. My, my, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think I have three. Okay. The first one is just plain old room. The Starring Brie Larson? Exactly. Okay. Uh, the other is A Room with a View, the yes. Jane Austen film. And then the okay. third was The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. That, the, yeah. the worst, I mean, the I worst said, film. Well, hi, yeah. Mark. <laughs> okay, so the worst film of all time makes an appearance in this game. Who knew we would ever go there? But those are three completely valid options. How many rooms were you able to to find yourself in, Nick? Congratulations, Professor. I had two on my ah. list today, <laughs> but I had again the room. Oh, hi, Mark, and Panic Room. Ooh, good one. Yes, yes. there is a Escape Room, Room in Rome, The Crowded Room, and uh, there's one in production that I uh, that I don't recognize either. So, though there were uh, a couple available to you both. However, Professor was able to think of more than either of us. He he gave a, a bunch of pre- 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 prefaces, excuse me, 
that uh, that are completely unnecessary as he completely demolished both of us, winning <laughs> both times. Thank you so much for joining us today, Professor. We we it's an honor, it's a privilege, and I still look forward. Oh, before you leave, would you mind telling the mustard story? Not at all, and and that was a lot of fun, guys. I was I was nervous about how I would uh, how I would fare, but. Uh... I, I, did, I won, so I did okay. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know about blowing you away, but uh, but just the one or two more that uh, that knowledge comes uh, with age. Uh, anyway, so I, I used to tell this story to all my uh, <clears throat> my classes, and the point of the story. I used to work in the entertainment industry, and at the time of this story, I was an assistant, an executive assistant in uh, NBC movies and miniseries, which this is early nineties when there was such a thing as a movies and miniseries department at the networks. Anyway. So because I, we worked at the network, a lot of people would come in and pitch to us all the time. And there was this one producer uh, named Edgar Sherrick and Edgar, if you, you know, Google him or whatever, you'll, you'll find that he's very accomplished, quite, you know, not a household word by any stretch, but was uh, an executive for years and produced a lot of stuff. And anyway, and he was very, I'll use the word avuncular to me, old guy, white <laughs> hair, kind of those Lou Wasserman sort of, you know, black glasses. And so he was very nice and kindly to me. Now, let's be honest, when you're at the network, everyone's kind of nice and kindly to you because they're trying to sell you something. But anyway, he was he was this way to me. So one time we were waiting for a meeting to start and we were chatting and and he knew, you know, that I didn't want to be a, an assistant all my life. I you know, wanted to move up the ranks and make my way in Hollywood. And he, he says, let me tell you a story. Because we had a production assistant one time and he was his, one of his jobs was to get the lunch for the office. And it wasn't a big office, you know, seven or eight people. And so he sent him out to get the lunch at the local deli. And he says, he gave his order and he goes, I don't want mayo. I want mustard on my sandwich. He goes, you got that? Yeah. Okay. You sure. Make sure you check with him. Yeah, I got it. So he goes out to get the lunch. They bring the lunches back. They hand out all the sandwiches to everybody. And Edgar Sherrick opens up his sandwich and he sees that there is actually mayo on the sandwich and not the mustard that he ordered. So they quickly check to make sure someone didn't mistakenly get his sandwich. Nope, that's the way it was. Edgar calls in the production assistant to his office and he says, you know, this isn't what I ordered. And I very specifically told you. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I told him the order. He goes, did you check it before you left the, the deli? He goes, no, I didn't. He goes, well, that's unfortunate because now you're fired. Uh, and he fired the production assistant and the production assistant was like, what? I, you know, I, I did what you said. I, you know, it wasn't my fault. And he goes, you need to check details matter. And I, I'm sort of hearing about this story and my eyes are kind of wide too. Cause I'm thinking, geez, Edgar, that seems kind of harsh. And you know, there's kindly uncle Edgar who was, you know, firing this guy. And I was like, that sounds a little harsh. You know, the guy made a mistake. He goes, yeah, but Joe, and this is where the crux of the story comes in. He goes, he doesn't want to be a production assistant. He wants to be a producer for me, handling million-dollar budgets in movies. And if I can't trust him to double-check and get an order for a sandwich right, how can I trust him with million-dollar budgets and making movies for me? And that's when the light bulb went on my, on, in my head as a young wannabe, you know, Hollywood type. Wow, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's why these rules are in place. That's why attention to details matter. That's why 
you know, and, and at the time, sort of in the context of class, you know, people say, oh, I made a mistake. I didn't cite this or I spelled this name wrong or I did this. I'm like, details matter here. It's just a few points off your paper in the future. It could cost you a job. So that was um, a story I never forgot from Edgar Sherrick. And I, I always try to pass it on to my students because most of them were in that class to, to have a career of some kind in the entertainment industry. And I, I hope it helps somebody. Well, ever the teacher. Thank you so much. I've, I love that story. I, I've always remembered it fondly. And, uh, and thank you so much. We are better for having you on the show, Professor. Hopefully we can do it again sometime in the future. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, guys. That slaps. It's the part of the show where we tell you what is entertaining us this week, whether it be a movie, whether it be music, whether it be a book, whether it be a game. We've really discussed any and all forms of entertainment on this segment. So we shall digress no further. Nick, what entertained you this week? Well, I uh, saw a show again. I was I was going through all the uh, all the things like Netflix and Hulu and and everything like that. And I came across a show that I'd never heard of, but I just decided to take a chance on. I'd never heard anything about it. haven't seen any trailers, just took a chance on it. And I ended up really liking it. There's two seasons. I've only seen the first one so far, but it's called American Vandal. American Vandal. American Vandal. And it's uh, basically a spoof, a a satire of of a true crime documentary. Like, you know, those documentaries that you watch that are all about like, mass murderers or yeah, like a uh, noir or something eggs, yeah you know yeah and it, it has interviews of people saying of people who lived it or or were you know there ah. uh taking place in it but this one is based around uh, a group of students mainly two students uh, in high school who are covering a school prank it's not like a murder or anything but they're covering a school prank and trying to figure out who is responsible for doing it and this specific prank uh is is phallic in nature uh someone <laughs> went out into the staff parking lot of their high school and spray painted uh male genitalia male, male on gen, yeah. uh, <laughs> on uh seven of the faculty cars and it's all and they uh, be- there's one student in the whole school who is known for doing pranks like this in the past. So the faculty automatically say it was him and expel him and stuff like that without sufficient proof. So the two students go out to to prove this kid innocent and find out who really did it. So it's a good whodunit. Uh, and it's also really good. It's it's filmed really well and written really well. And it really does look like a, a, a true crime uh, documentary. So American Vandal, I believe it's on Netflix. Ooh. It is really, really good. At least the first season. I haven't seen the second one, but first season I definitely recommend. So yeah, I believe it's on Netflix. Um, uh, I don't know when it came out, but it's really, really good. Uh, and I definitely suggest that you watch it. I definitely recommend it. That slaps. Awesome. I will definitely have to check it out at some point. My That Slaps This Week is a song. It's uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to be saying the artist's name right. Uh, Imogene Heap. Okay. Uh, it is the song that uh, is sampled from Jason Derulo's "What You Say," but it's a very good song. I, I stumbled upon it this week. I'm I, I think it's one of those songs where I'm probably late to the party as opposed to everybody else not having heard this. It's more so just me never having heard this. But it's called "Hide and Seek" 
once again by Imaging Heap. Good song. Um, it's very, very nice in, in tone and uh, and very somber. Um, but I, I love it. And it's uh, it's called Imaging. Or sorry, it's called Hide and Seek by Imaging Heap. That slaps. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Nick. Uh, we really appreciate you filling in, man. It's been a fun episode. It really, truly has. I hope that everybody else had as much fun listening to it as we had making it. But truly, from the bottom of both my heart and David's ass, who's in Spain right now, probably getting tanned, but uh, from the bottom of both of our uh, – from the bottom of our gratitudes, thank you so much for doing this, man. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Glad uh, our schedules worked out. I know we're both busy yes. people, so it was uh, uh, really cool, and I'm uh, really happy to be a part of it. Well, thank you, man. And speaking of thank yous, we've got a couple other thank yous to get through before we go. Seeing as how David's not here, I will be taking on all the duties of thanking everybody. Uh, thank you to Cass and Crossland and Jake for all the music that they've incorporated into the show. It's beautiful. We love it. It's a bunch of bops. Thank you so much. And of course, thank you to Tara Amstutz, Josh Hans, and Ryan Ardell for their wonderful contributions to the show as well. Guys, the show would not be possible without any of you. But most of all, the show would not be possible without you, the listener. Yes, you listening right now. Thank you so much for doing so. If you haven't already listened to the rest of our podcast archive, it's back there in the library. Bunch of good episodes, bunch of stuff that has really stayed fresh. We don't really have any dated episodes. So if you have have the time, go back and listen to any and all of them. Of course, Nick's on a couple of those back there too. So make sure you find out those little nuggets, see uh, where he came from. We have a couple fun questions that we asked him during those times that I'm sure haunt him to this day. Of course, you can listen <laughs> to all those podcasts anywhere you find your favorite podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, even Google Podcasts, except for Pandora, because screw you, Pandora. <laughs> And yes, thank you, Philip, once again for having me on here. And thank you, listeners, for sticking around this long. Uh, I hope that I'm on either as a guest or a co-host again at some point because I have very much enjoyed sitting around this campfire, powwowing with this lovely man and our guest tonight. And uh, we unfortunately didn't catch this on tape, but uh, a couple of bears came around to the campsite tonight uh, and uh, serenaded us with a song. Mainly Barry Manilow came around with his good friend uh, Barry White. Uh, it was an unusual pairing, but they definitely got the show on the road and we're very appreciative of them. And that is my thank you for this podcast. Uh-huh.